Welcome to the Frozen Fingers podcast, where we turn sled dog adventures and the challenges of moving to a foreign land into funny and uplifting stories. So grab your mittens, a steaming cup of coffee, and let's hit the trails. Let it go, let it go, can't hold it back anymore, let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door, and I. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi and welcome to our second podcast. This was a little bit of uh, frozen. Can't really remember the. Let it go. <laughs> Not the song. It's obviously it's let it go. <laughs> but uh, but the girl from the movie cartoon was Anna. Maybe. No, Anna was her sister. Louise? No. Charlie? Yes. Then. Okay, maybe. Ben. maybe ben. Yeah. So, yeah, we found out that if you are looking at our podcast in Spotify and you type Frozen, then it will come, I think, 10 or 15 Frozen Let It Go songs after you will find us. So, and everybody who actually wanted to find the Frozen song, I just thought we were going to make them happy and sing a little bit of Frozen. I think that was the best effort I could. Yeah, maybe we can distract <laughs> them. They are thinking yeah. this is a, a Frozen. A I forgot that <laughs> word. Playlist. <laughs> they imagine he's like, yeah. they're coming to listen to Frozen and she's like, or he. Ooh, that's not the that's way I remember strange. it. <laughs> strange version. And, but a shout out to well, the guy who told us this story how she was trying to find us and uh, came up to many frozen songs but you have to listen to the 15 versions of frozen first exactly but hello from uh, me too we would like to thank our free first patrons so in alphabetical order hardy kaspar and Trin. thank you thank you for being our first patrons. Actually, the, you said three. It sounds like three. three? And <laughs> now, shout out to my co-worker, Yeldrik. If we together drive with a car, he looks to the right and says three. And that, is it three or three? So <laughs> it's three an option. Reindeers three reindeers, to... three cars. Or is it actually three? And we like choked this a lot. So now it was Okay, like, so I will start. say it in uh, Svenska. Tre. 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 Holm. And what more is magical, our first episode was listened in, what do you think, how many countries? I know already. <laughs> <laughs> Nine. Nine countries. Nine countries. And it's, I think we calculated it's about 10 countries all over in the world. So it's just one country less than the maximum amount. So we are happy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we are overachieved. So, uh, in today's episode, we're going to talk about a uh, couple of things, more about dogs than the first uh, episode. We're going to talk about why we have these dogs, how we get the logistics done for them to move from Estonia to Sweden. We're going to talk a little bit about fishing, because fishing is a big part of uh, Swedish Lapland uh, culture, I think, or even history. And I think most of the people have fished here or uh, fishing regularly like us and also a little glimpse about what we are going to do in uh, Femundlopet in February 
the next year, but this season for us, we're going to do podcast episodes directly from Femund Lopet Trail. So I'm going to talk about exactly what I'm thinking at the same moment, because when you are four or five hours, maybe eight hours straight alone in the trail, you have a lot of things and ideas You're to think alone. about. You have uh, eight dogs. Yeah, but uh, it's the joke that I asked my dogs, what's two plus two? <laughs> <laughs> they did not reply. <laughs> so it's, I can sing to them, I can do whatever, but I, I, I wanted to express myself a little bit from the trail so you can know, you get to know a little bit how people feel inside of racing. And of course, we have a super, super handler team. This year it's Kyrie, of course, uh, we got two kids. And we got our friends uh, Steven and Relika from Estonia and we to help uh, me on the trail and Kyrie in the checkpoints out. Uh, so we're going to have a lot of podcast episodes from the trail. To start with, it seems that like we are talking, oh, we decided to do sle- uh, take sled dogs, but we haven't uh, searched into a part how easy it is to get sled dogs. Just to imagine. If you are born in Scandinavia, you are born into a sled dog family or sled dog culture, it is easier to start. You see the process, you already have dogs around us, but we were just regular family in Estonia and we just were thinking, where should we start? Where should we get the dogs? And could you imagine your kennel, sled dog kennel, and two people coming, hey, we would like to become a long distance sled dog mushers. How would you reply? So this is a, a part of how we got lucky that uh, we turned to Estonian kennel, Heller country. I think everyone in Estonia know Heller country because Heller country has this cool uh, Christmas events there and you can go sledding there. But for us, we know that they ha- they have competitive dogs and this was the closest kennel to us. So we went and contacted Hella to say, hey, we want to have sled dogs. And we I want got, to race with And I got a lot of questions. And first I was like, why are, why are you asking me these questions? Just give me the dog. I, I have money. Take the money. Give me the dog. That was the first uh, reaction. But I think, I hope I'm a smart guy. So <laughs> for me, it's not. Uh, took uh, too long to realize that yeah that's the way it goes that I need to advertise myself so I could be so a working Siberian Husky and that was a, a really good learning point for me because to buy from Estonian as an Estonian was quite simple at f- at first I thought it's not but after when I started contacting uh, Scandinavian mushers to get the puppy from them, then the questions list were heavily, heavily longer. And uh, they wanted uh, pictures from my kennel. They wanted to know everything, what I'm going to do. Because at this point, I did not have anything to show, like race results or uh, dogs in the kennel. I, I We had nothing. So it's it was <laughs> first quite of like self-advertisement thing year or two for us the people to trust us when we started we knew exactly from the first day that we are going to be a long distance uh, kennel and uh, I wanted to get the puppies 
directly from the right place because we have heard a lot of stories. People just take huskies, they don't know what they're going to do with the huskies and then they realize that, oh, we want more from the huskies, but then the huskies are not from a working line, they're more from show line and they did not meet their expectations and so on and so on. So we knew and we did everything from the first point and from the first day we decided to get the sled dogs that we are going to be a long distance kennel. And it narrowed down our choice of kennels about 90 or to 95 percent. So and the, the next five percent uh, we were left, which we were which we wanted to uh, get our puppies from. We had to be really, really open minded and um, advertise ourselves a lot to get in a good list for them. And and yeah, first uh, answers were no, obviously. And, uh, but I'm the kind of guy that I'm not going to give up. It took a little time. So I went back to them. I wrote to them I, every month. We had achieved a little bit more. We had better kennel. We had some sprint results. And finally, we got some good contacts who still today we are good friends with. We can talk and we got our first puppies from, from that way too. In terms of Estonia, we got, got really lucky. Uh, I talked about Helle, who, whom trust we gained. We got uh, two talks from Helle. Uh, and uh, at the same time, we were building up our team. One super great woman from Estonia were just slowing down with... No, her. let's say finishing. Yes. Slowing down. She, she, was, uh, she was done with uh, racing, but she had a lot of dogs. But she wanted to give her dogs away to someone who was passionate about the sled sledding, uh, who had a goal. And somehow we gained her trust again. So so from her, we got how many dogs? Eventually, uh, I, I think about five plus one, like not a rental dog, but for one season, her super leader was with us too. So she could not... Uh, spent the last uh, training season home alone because all the other dogs were already already with us. Yes. So, but uh, a long story short, I think why we have uh, gotten so quickly people to trust us because we went full on. Like we did not wanted to start slow to get one, two, of course, I'm sorry. We wanted to get one dog. <laughs> it was, well, I, I think it's the same story about moving to Alaska and now, no, no, now to Sweden. It's the same that I t- told Kairi, oh, we can take one or two dogs for the first year. And it was, I think, six dogs in the end of the first year. At the beginning, it was already four. <laughs> so, but I think it's, we wanted to tell other people too that if you want something, don't start slow because... And don't wait for a perfect condition. Yes, too. exactly. Because if you start slow, eventually you are even slower. If you start really fast, then probably you will uh, advance or uh, gain your uh, goals in normal speed. So we went full on and uh, we took everything we got. And I think that's how people started to trust us because they saw that we really have, we are serious of what uh, do we want to do. And of course, we went to every possible seminar, club meeting, sprint competition, trade fair. <laughs> Just gathering. Everything, of everything. And 
the, just gathering the information about sled dogs and see what people do. And even if we wanted to go for long distance, we did not stay waiting because for long distance, we need a lot of dogs. Uh, and uh, at start, we had four to six. It's not quite the team to go for long distance training. So uh, two were very young, two were uh, very old. And uh, you remember Tanya and Verona, yeah, they, they were, were really uh, young, really young. Uh, Esme and Enid, whom we got from uh, uh, Second Kennel, uh, they were old. So we didn't have a perfect start. It wasn't like we uh, got uh, uh, six or five no. years old, super trained dogs. No, we had youngsters, we had old ladies, but we didn't wait. We started to go... We started to train slowly. We went to all the canic crosses. Kids were running with dogs. We were running with dogs. We did the bike touring, uh, scooter, uh, and even... And my greatest moment of first sprint races is... <laughs> I, I got actually got a gold medal. Place? <laughs> For, it's the first place, but... I was the only one in this class, so it's <laughs> uh, it's probably only medal <laughs> or like podium place I got from sprint races because we trained. Even we had two or three dogs or team, we started training slowly, and we were always the last ones. Oh, sometimes one place before the last one, but uh, we did not care because our goal was different than the others, and people were really supportive. And they, uh, but actually, I think people felt really comfortable when we were we came to racing because they knew that last place is ours. To <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> so. describe uh, one uh, one uh, competition, uh, of course, there are photographers and all the sprinters. They are really focused, and this is uh, really <laughs> important because the distance is so uh, short, and you have to get give everything out of you. But we have a picture where uh, uh, Martin. Is on the scooter. We on have, the trail already. On the trail already. We have old old ladies, Esme and they need in front. And Martin is waving to a photographer. Other sprinters are really focused and sweating. Which is good. Now, yeah, this is good because this is what they are doing. And you, ha if you want to be good in sprint, you have to do this uh, on long distance. Uh, you have a little time to adjust yourself but sprint is like this this is over and the yeah. seconds matter but the reason we went to sprint races is to get the dogs familiar to uh for being out in uh, out from the kennel meeting other dogs to socialize the leaders hopefully we did not know at this point are there any leaders in the young dogs or not just to get them out, to feel the rhythm of uh, racing and all that. And I think this has been great because we started our uh, one last season was like a really racing season, but actually one season before was quite close mimicking to long distance race team. When we got finally our big team together, the experienced dogs were already in a really good mental state because we have been out them a lot. So I suggest for everybody who wants to go long distance uh, racing and still have a couple of dogs, don't wait for the magic of big team because then you have all this socializing uh, to be done yet with all the previous dogs. And the new dogs always learn from the uh, older ones or the experienced ones. 
So when we had our first litter, they came into the environment where the older dogs, I mean older as in three years old and older, they were already experienced, they knew what to do, they know how to act, and then the new puppies were like, wow, okay, this is what we should do. We're not supposed to be idiots in the parking lot <laughs> who scream and chew and like go totally crazy out of their mind. They saw that the older dogs are calm, they just wait, they eat, they drink, they socialize with us. Sleep even. <laughs> yeah, sleep is one of the most important parts. And, and uh, that's why it's really important to go fast. Don't start slow. It's the opposite of long distance <laughs> racing uh, mentality, but with all our lives. Yeah, but Martin is thinking uh, go uh, fast with a process. Yes. The training is, is different. Like Martin told that if you want to train a long distance dogs, you cannot... Uh, uh, act on the, um, sprint races like you have sprint dog and then accept that you can uh, uh, use the same dogs uh, in the long distance uh, machine because there are differences and this is logical. On long distance you have to uh, learn your dogs to keep the pace uh, so they won't worn themselves out that they will last but the sprint is different. You have to uh, get the full throttle or, or uh, like Let's power. Full speed, full, full power. Speed, full speed. And uh, this means that, uh, yes, the process we had was quick, but uh, the trainings, speed on competitions, that we get low. Yeah, we get uh, long distance low. That's why we were in the last place. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we got lucky too, because if, if we got two young dogs and two old dogs, like Martin says, uh, from the start, our youngsters learned from Esme and then how to. They were really calm. They were like elegant. kind of elegant, elegant. ladies, uh, calmly running in teams. And uh, Tanya and Ver Verona now, they are. They are actually the calmest ones. Yeah, on the team because they have grown up like this. And uh, this is now really cool. And we got lucky because Tanya uh, is a super lead dog. I haven't seen a lead dog so good with Chiha. Uh, you now have to explain what this Yeah, I, I'm going <laughs> to explain it. And I've, of course, there are really good leaders in every team, but it's really rare. And I think it's not much of my job with Tanya. It's just how the way she is, how the way her you brain works. Work. It's just her how smart she is and how she always know where we are where we should go, she knows, I don't know how, but she knows how it's going to be today's training. Is it 20 kilometers, 50 kilometers? Is it 100 kilometers training? She knows, I don't know how. Is it, the, I smell maybe 100 kilometers differently. <laughs> <laughs> it's before, <laughs> after definitely. After the, <laughs> but, yes. But at first, but G and Ha is uh, right and left commands. So G is for right and uh, Ha is for left. And it actually came from horses. I've never heard anybody talking to horses, chi and ha, but yeah, it's in Sleto world. Some say right or left and some just... Uh, I, I know one musher said uh, that he has his own language to the dogs, so other people could not drive his team. Yeah, if it works for them, if it's fun for them, go for it, man. But chi um, and ha for me was always a logical choice because 
when we got uh, one experienced leader, she already knows she and Ho, and it's easier to switch talks sometimes with different mushers when we all talk the same language. So, but with Tanya, it's impressive how I can just adjust her on the trail by half of meter or one meter or which when we go off trail, which side of the tree she should pick to lead the team. Do we go through the puddles in the, through the water in the road or we go past it? Do we go off trail from the main trail? She, she does this correctly. And uh, when sometimes I take Tanya in the middle or, or totally in the wheel that she could do something else to and rest uh, her brilliant mind, then I put normal leaders in front and then we're like really screwed with Chi and Ha. They, uh, I say Ha and they just... It's the, I like... I like it's the very... first time we hear this uh, expression. <laughs> could you, sir, please explain us? And it's like, cut. Damn it, and it's so frustrating because Tanya is super good, but I cannot have her in the front all the time. And then I put this average shows in front and th sometimes I'm like, I mean, they are good with speed, of course. And they don't, they're not afraid of this uh, unexpected things in the trail and they don't follow the reindeers, which the puppies are like, let's go. We're gonna get the <laughs> we're gonna get the reindeers. But I'm super happy for our confident leaders that they don't go. But the chi and ha part, I think one of the part is that Tanya has been so good at chi and ha. It has made others lazy. quite lazy yeah. because Tanya does always the thinking. But Martin has really cool uh, videos and uh, way to show uh, how Tanya brain works. You're in a book. There is no trails. Like only snow, you can see nothing, and Martin is just just saying, "Ha, gee," or ha, direct, or direct, and Tanya, she's like does exactly uh, what uh, Martin says, even if gee, 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 like uh, programming. Every gee or ha I add, she goes more. Doesn't matter if she already went gee. If I say more gee, then she takes a little more. Then I say ha. She takes only back one step of chi, so it's like mentally crazy. And I, I wanted, I have tried to teach uh, the others to do that to next to Tanya. Uh, like, uh, yeah. Yes. So I, I think you understand. <laughs> yes, but I think uh, every beginner must have luck, and this is our lucky part too. We got the trust from the first kennel. Uh, to uh, give us dogs, we got Tanya from there. We got um, other dogs from Estonian, super uh, great uh, uh, lady. We got our uh, first foreign dog from Sweden. Tour is back in Sweden, man. Tour. We say tour. The, we say tour. No, I say tour to look tour. more uh, uh, cool. cool. Yeah, I yeah. want to be a cool yeah. guy. So yes, I, we we actually got uh, lucky, and our family supported us, even though maybe they didn't uh, understand us. Oh, why we are willing? I'm to pretty do sure this. our family <laughs> is on the same page. They have supported us from the beginning, and they still do not understand. Yes. Why? <laughs> why? My father why? is always like, "Why do you torture yourself, Martin? <laughs> My son, please." Don't go, Don't but, do that. but for me, the so-called, I'm going to do those marks. I don't know. 
uh, air quote. Air quote. quote. The torture is not torture. It's pure fun for us. Ah. Actually, when being out with the dogs, it's it's the time I I can get uh, myself uh, to shut down or take uh, take myself away from the daily uh, daily life. And actually, it was more important in Estonia when I worked in a fire station in an ambulance. Also, two jobs. Yeah. It was the way to uh, get off from the stress, uh, from the work environment. And but now I have learned shut myself off from daily life when I'm uh, mushing, and uh, when I can keep my dogs happy, which is our main goals to keep the dogs happy and healthy. And when you're out with them, and you see that you have reached your goals, that they are happy and they are happy after really hard long training with the heavy snow and the most worst weather you could ever find and we still are happy and we still support each other and they trust me and i trust them oh i got goosebumps now already <laughs> about thinking about it that it's uh yeah it's amazing it, it's been amazing and now i can answer the question why we like so-called torture ourselves by moving to another country facing all the problems and fears we have here it's for the dogs so they could be happy because we are now in the right environment for the dogs. I'm not saying that in Estonia that would be impossible, but it's the choice for us. Here we know we have trails, we have snow, we have cold, and we don't have to think about this. And uh, if we are calmer, if we are happy, then the dogs are happy too. So this was the reason we moved here. But this leads us to our friend's question. Our good friend uh, Brit, who wanted to say us to say that he's a really nice guy, and here it goes. But he actually asked that how was the logistics of moving the dogs here? Yeah, that was a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> At first, we were like, we have a trailer. We've been to Finland and Sweden with the ferry, and no problem. Let's just do it. And then uh, we had twelve grown-up dogs and four puppies but the puppies turned out to be in a wrong age exactly at the same point we wanted to go to sweden because they could go over the border before eight weeks or after the rabies shot is active not done but active so this means 12 weeks plus 21 days plus 21 days <laughs> was it that song no i don't know one whatever uh, and but we had sold our house and we had no choice of staying in estonia so we uh, moved out from our homestead in the middle of estonia brought everything furniture and things to my parents farm which was like a warehouse at this point then we just took some things we need because most of the luggage room and the capacity of our van and trailer was filled with dogs and dog food. So we only had a little room to bring our stuff to our rental house. All the other was left in Estonia, hoping and waiting that we will find a real house in Sweden. So we left the puppies in Estonia and managed to get the dogs safely and nicely over the border. We traveled with this uh, cargo ferry, which we chose because it's way shorter trip than uh, with the tourism ferry from Estonia to Sweden. 
it's a fun part that it, I think it was somewhere in the midnight. We wanted to walk our dogs. So we went to the uh, security <laughs> guy and it's, we said that we want to walk our dogs. And he was like, ah, okay, let's take a five minute break. And because in this uh, ferry, the security guard has to stay with you the whole time in the car tech when you walk your dogs. And I think he's used to <laughs> seeing people having a couple of dogs. And then we started taking out our dogs. And I think it we, was like we a had... clown car because <laughs> yeah. uh, the dogs, uh, it never ended how many we dogs had, came out. Yeah, 12 dogs in the car. And I think after fourth or fifth dog, I went to the security guy because he was already thinking, what the hell? And I told him, sorry, we have 12 dogs uh, in together. So, so he was like, what? And took his phone and like stopped following us. So he was, he was there, but he... Did not want so to. We, we had our dogs uh, too at the time on lease, and we were running around by cargo trucks and other uh, cars. Yeah, we did not want to let them run freely because I don't know where they're going to run in the yeah, <laughs> ferry. The security guy would kill us <laughs> if some dog is in some guy's trailer in some big truck trailer. But yeah, but it was it was funny. Yes, but I can't remember. We have a trailer where we can put eight dogs. Yes. The four were in that we took a dog house in the car to create uh, two spots plus we created two extra spots and we took the calmest ones there because they are like um, all over each other there so they had to have this uh, mental strength to stay in the car for a long time. So you can imagine that if we opened up the door uh, of our car's uh, back, back doors. Then you could see a whole dog house in there. Then we had uh, 12 dogs in our rental house and four dogs were left in Estonia. The rental house to our real house was easy. I just took the trailer and the bus and uh, we just got uh, get them. It was 1,500 kilometers for me. For the dogs, it was half only, luckily. But then we had our puppies still left in Estonia. For them, we decided we're going to travel from Estonia to Finland because the ferry ride is much, much uh, shorter. shorter. It's not overnight. It's only two hours or maybe three hours at this point. And we uh, then we started uh, a month later. Uh, a really long story between this. We can talk about it another day. But uh, a month later, we got me... Kairi, of course, then my dad, my brother's son and my friend with his wife. We took uh, three cars and three trailers and we, then we took all of our stuff and started the 1000 kilometer. Including driving. like kennel materials. This is something uh, uh, if you move, it, you can imagine you take your uh, maybe sofas or tables or uh, cupboards. But we also took kennel fences and all the dog uh, houses. Lawnmower, tractor, ATV. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we did not bring much furniture because we did not have... Yes, no... we don't. Yes. Uh... But we still managed to get two cages with four puppies. They were so little. And then two puppies were in the front. We wanted to travel that the driver is with two puppies in the front who are in the cage safely. And uh, the other one who did not drive, mostly it was Kairi. <laughs> and uh, the other one had two puppies because we wanted to be close to them. If the puppy needs some uh, some attention, we are straight... Stri <laughs> we are straightly there for them. So uh, 
decided not to make any stops because it doesn't matter for the puppies. Uh, are they? Uh... We made stops for like coffee and to pee or or eat. Of course. Yes, but, but this no is longer yeah. <laughs> but this is something I wanted to mention before that if we traveled, that grown-up dogs is not like your uh, your cargo is some packages. You have to not often stop, but still you have to stop. You have to get them out of a trailer to stretch to pee. Puppies, it was it was surprisingly easier because they slept yeah, the most of the time. The grown-up dogs they know what to demand from us, and they like were little bit. They they knew that every three hours we we're going to make a stop. But the puppies did not, and they were like, they did not care. They slept. They we like made, babies, babies sleep. We made, made a couple of uh, peeing stops. And then we made it 1,000 kilometers later. We made it to our new home in the middle of the night when the sun was up, because it was exactly in the middle of the summer. And uh, we took the puppies inside of our house. Yes, because, because we, we, didn't have we did not have anything outside. So the puppies stayed inside. For uh, actually, only one day. I think we started. No, they were morning. inside where a couple of nights, Night, but then yes. we get tired of this nagging in the night. <laughs> we're like, no, get out <laughs> because they wanted playing, they wanted to play in the middle of the night, and we were like, no, yeah. But we built uh, one uh, kennel yard for them in uh, one day, so it was not, yeah, uh, this was not our that hard. Priority, so after really, really exhausting and long uh, drive from uh, Estonia to. Uh, Sweden, we didn't have like extra free day or oh, now we sleep and eat. We uh, woke up and we started to build our first uh, dog yard. So puppies can be outside. Uh, so we will be prepared for uh, our grown-ups. And uh, Brit, I hope you got the answer to your question. That was a 10-minute answer for yes. you, Brit. So you better be happy. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a shorter version in Skype. But you asked, so... No, probably not. Probably not. Yet. So, and that was um, our logistics about uh, moving here. The other thing we discovered uh, in the summertime here, besides building kennels and trying to figure out and find out what the hell are we doing here, we uh, started to go fishing a lot. I had fished a little in Estonia too with my father when I was a teenager and but here, for it was really logical to go fishing because we live in the middle of many, many lakes. I think there are nine lakes only in the district of our village. And one is like uh, we walk there four minutes, four, five minutes walk. Yeah, if you're fast, you can do it in three minutes. <laughs> Once I did it under three. <laughs> yeah, so we started fishing and the fishing here. First, we started just like, oh, let's fish for fun and... Now it has come to a year later, we have really gotten to know all of the lakes here. Our younger son is crazy about fishing. He's, he's mad about fishing. He, everything he does goes around fishing. He has his uh, sleeping uh, toys, fishes. He has, I think, five fishes in his, like, I don't know what's the English word, but the little soft toys you cuddle with as a child or as a grown up. Teddy bear. Teddy, teddy fishing bear. Bears. Teddy, teddy and bear. the fishing stories, they, are, they have been amazing. We can start from that, that we really want to go fishing and nothing can stop us. We go with rain or snow. We go heavy wind, good weather. We go when we want. 
there is the weather is not a factor us and we always find the time to go fishing because it's one way to relax and as our boys really love it and for us it's a family vacation <laughs> nowadays nowadays in the last couple of months really popular solution is that Kairi brings her book she reads and uh, I and the boys fish and then it's like oh, it's it's quite a funny uh, <laughs> funny lookout beginning of an episode I talked about beginners luck and maybe we got the same with the fish fishing because last summer it was August I think we um, our neighbor who is really kind uh, he told that oh you can loan our boat so we t- took the boat and we went to our lake sharing trusket which means old ugly lady lake yes <laughs> so and we thought ah oh, let's try this thing out but it was like a funny movie because the fish we we thought we were sitting there chilling but just was, a couple of fish maybe yes but it was it was like uh, working in factory martin even couldn't fish because he was taking the fish uh, off the hooks for for boys applying new worms applying new worms then uh, two f- fish came at the same time we had this uh, what colors that Swengelska. <laughs> the net you helped to take uh, out the fish. And we had so cool stories that most of the people still won't believe it because we had the thing that you have mört, uh, this uh, small. No idea what's it in English. Yeah, small. Uh, small Sarg. In Estonia. Yeah, small. Uh, red eyed fish. Red eyed uh, silver fish. And uh, one of the boys got this on the hook. And on the process of taking the fish out, the... Uh, bigger perch. Bigger perch. Or, uh, the second time, bigger pike. Yes, and they came to catch uh, the smaller fish. But we had this net to take the small fish out. So we took two fish at the same time. Big aborra, often. Perch. Perch. Every language. Yeah, every language. Is <laughs> and uh, so, uh, and we told to everybody, uh, people who uh, go fishing in Estonia, uh, they much like a fairy tale. Yeah, it's yeah, it's <laughs> fun. So this is this is the fishing part. And now I'm I'm gonna upload this video of my last uh, fishing with nets to Patreon too. It was a little bit of snowing already in the middle of September here, and I'm gonna talk about there what we expect and what we sometimes get or not get by uh, fishing with the nets and also the ice fishing part it's it's really good but now um, the uh, funny story which uh, Kairi is not really in fond of it goes with the same uh, process where oh, this is terrible <laughs> where I was fishing with my younger son and just the fish came like it was Black raining fish yeah. it, it was raining fish so uh, as we uh, keep all the normal size fish we catch the boys uh, wanted to uh, enter life after we catch it so there is not any unnecessary torture of them just lying in the in the boat so i cut them and throw it in the boat and then another fish and another fish and i started to be too lazy and too fast and then i cut uh, off the tip of my finger it was left hanging in the in the last piece of uh, skin and muscle but it was such a great fishing <laughs> moment. I did not want to cut the flow, so I put the rubber glove to my finger. I taped it really hard so it does not bleed too much. So we fished there, I think, half an hour more. And then I was like, oh, oh it hurts. Sounds to hurt a lot. And 
Then I told to my son that if he agrees to leave, he's of course, of course, dad, you're hurt. I'm like, okay, we can go. And then I, we came home happy because we had a lot of fish, a lot of fish. And it's the, it's the first thing we told to Kyrie and the older son who were home. And then I said, and there is a little pot. And then I go, I can feel the blood, amount of blood in the the club was and three times bigger than it should be. this story and again. And then I open the club and all this blood goes into the sink with, and there is a lot of like old blood plumps. already, which is plumps and the finger is like, uh, <laughs> like swinging in the top yeah. of my oh, real finger. Even that listen like to it. Mean. <laughs> that was foolish. So now it's one finger I could I think cannot too- feel the tip. I think it took you two or three uh, months. To you go couldn't... back to the guitar again. Yes, yes. Now I just can't feel. It's uh, Now I have gotten used to it uh, okay. because I know where my fingers should be again, but I don't feel the string of yeah. the guitar. But of course, Martin didn't go to ambulance. No, no, no. no a student man. Why? I can do it home. Yes. And if it have gone worse, you just cut the finger off. <laughs> no, no, no. So... Yeah, this is the fishing part and we also, uh, this is one part of our company uh, business uh, or activity here. We offer also fishing trips to people. So if anybody's interested in ice fishing or fly fishing or just to go on, let's say, normal average wide known fishing uh, to a really cool calm lake, then you are more than welcome to get in touch with us and we can work and make it happen. Yes, I think you have noticed that our uh vocabulary in uh, fishing is mostly Swedish because in Estonia we didn't go fish so much uh, in uh, English we are not used to about talking um, because we with my neighbors yeah we with our neighbors talk- we talk in Swedish about yeah, fishing so we know uh, that there is one wor- word mjade. 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 and we don't know uh, what is it Estonian, I think it's murd. Murd, it maybe. And yes, no idea some, what it is. This is some kind of a box lie. Box. What? It's not a box. <laughs> <laughs> I. Ad- it's a. It's a closed net with diameters of one meter to one meter, let's say, and the fish can get in, but it's like a fish trap. Yes. So. Uh, so if uh, someone knows <laughs> what it's called in Estonian. Or what I it's called it's in murder. English, you can uh, write it in like a comment section. Yeah, uh, so Spotify. Yes. <laughs> but I know if um, Repsu is listening, uh, she. I think she knows. No, we talked about when they were here, okay. and they were like, no. no. <laughs> but uh, yeah, a cool fishing stories. I think we're gonna tell a lot of cool fishing stories in the upcoming podcast too, because it always happens something, and now. In this Patreon video, I'm going to show you some clips how we walked uh, in the bog with the nets and fishes because we cannot get close to the lake with the car. But that's another story. This one thing I have um, is uh, we got this one um, person in Instagram, which uh, she just started to follow us, I think, and she listened to our podcast. And she also uh, has uh, in mind of um, moving to uh, Sweden or Norway. This got me thinking that we wanted to talk a little about those uh, fears and the go-to mentality about doing everything uh, about your dreams or or how to chase your dreams. We had this menta- mentality as we uh, first uh, 
couple of minutes ago talked about that we did it fast. Uh, we we don't like to wait that uh, if the fears or the problems are any better or we are, are they going to go away something. or yeah something magical happens. Maybe we have more money or more luck or whatever. The fears and the problems are the same today and they are the same the year after. If you have the possibility to solve a problem or a fear, then you can do it already today and tomorrow you can chase your dream already. So we, we did not want to let us be held behind the fears and the problems because they're not going to go away. And of course, the first half of the year here was amazing. Everything was new. We had the money. We had cool. But now all the fears and problems, some fears come, then some fears go, problems come, we solve them. It was going to happen anyway. Had we moved now or after five years, the problems we put up now would have come the same way in five years time. So shout out to all people trying to chase their dreams. Just go for it. The problems are still the same and they still come at exactly the right time they are coming. So, uh, yeah, just go for it. Just do it. Like Nike says, just do it. I, when I was a child, I really wanted to get a Nike, whatever, trousers. Uh, you must say Nike. Sneakers. Uh, Nike, American. Nike. Nike. And we had uh, Nike. Nike. And when I went out with my friends, I think I was six years old, and I told them, it's not Nike, it's better. It's Nike. It's the total company of Nike. But actually, it was some <laughs> sketchy, fake, whatever it was. Okay. And uh, the last part is about Femudlopet. Everything goes around Femudlopet. And as I heard that one editor of Masher made a podcast, it was really cool to hear the pure emotions and pure thoughts because when we go to Femuldopet, I hopefully finish the 450 kilometer run I come back home I rest a couple of days and then start talking about what happened then it's like a little bit forgotten emotions yeah but it's cool but yes this is nothing I see uh, if we now will make the podcast from uh, Röros or from Femuldopet you, s- you can see and feel what I experienced there because I'm, if Martin comes, I'm a first person uh, he talks to and I can see her, uh, his emotions. And of course, uh, on the way we are talking this uh, uh, episode's role, I will be sharing some stories, Martin, how Martin has behaved there. <laughs> you can fix the date, uh, Femund Lopet is... Uh... Oh, I should have checked it first, but we go we go already to Norway on 5th of February next year, so the Femund is on the following days. But we do a lot of podcasts and Instagram lives from Femund Lopet, so everybody who wants to be part of our journey, there will be live podcasts, live Instagram, Instagram lives. lives, and podcast episodes from, from every stage of the trail and also... Kairis and the boys and our super handlers, uh, Steven and Relika's ideas and thoughts and emotions directly from the trails. I know I am not afraid of sharing the bad part of racing and what has happened and all the problems and fears we put up with. So it's not going to be another story about how cool everything is. I'm going to share absolutely everything 
maybe not when I go to a toilet break, but <laughs> everything else you will <laughs> get. So thank you for listening to uh, our second podcast. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. You are more than welcome to be our patrons and you are more and more welcome to share your ideas with us and you can ask us specific questions and we're going to talk about it in the next uh, episodes. Yes, you can uh, give questions to us through Spotify. We have this question widget there. You can write directly to us or to our kennels uh, Instagram account. And we are really, really appreciated if you rate our Spotify show or Apple podcast or wherever you are listening to and uh, comment and be active on our polls. This means a lot to us. And our Patreon is Frozen Finger Podcasts, Correctness Racing Huskies. Yes, all the links are uh, in uh, Spotify too. So, But we are super happy that you're listening to us and uh, you don't have to worry. We have so many stories that this podcast will go on and on and on. So, and for this note, we say uh, <laughs> goodbye, hey though, and... And I'm up. This was the Frozen Fingers podcast. See you next week. Where, where, where?